Gory, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you, Rich. How are you? Too, mate. Very well, thank you. Very well. Yes. Hey, Gory, and thanks for joining us. So, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Six Sessions and the last to roll out of January. I can't believe we're at the end of January already. That's um, for something that feels like it's uh, taking a long time to move along in lockdown. We've actually kind of rifled through the month pretty quickly. Um, each week, I've been lucky enough to chat with someone in the growth space across marketing, sales, and CX. Today's guest is all about the learning, growing people and businesses. I've been super keen to uh, get into this one ever since he agreed to join me, which was weeks ago, and you've kind of you've 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 left me hanging until that point. So I'm I'm ready for this. I'm amped up for it. Um, he exemplifies the principles of the six sessions, or principle of the six sessions. Me hanging out with someone smarter, more interesting, and making that an interesting process, or me at least trying to show off that I know smart people. These chats are designed to be short and sweet, but hopefully full of insight, and it's definitely unfiltered, which makes it fun. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur, which, uh, which you would assume means he knows a thing or two about growth, right? So, and what about when you throw in learning and social impact programs for the likes of Google, Samsung, Lloyds Bank, and BT? Today's guest, your uh, Gori Yahaha. Yeah, geez, I've just stumbled over my words throughout the whole thing. Gori Yahaya, sorry, mate, knows growth, growing businesses, but more importantly, helping people grow. He's notched up tons of awards in the digital and learning and social impact space, and he's self-professed evangelical advocate for the diversity and inclusion. He's also on a mission to support people of minority ethnic backgrounds, boosting progression and helping develop, uh, develop relevant skills in the future workplace. He's not just making a difference here in the UK, but also across Europe, Africa, and Asia. In short, the man knows growth and he's helping others to grow too. Gory, welcome. Thanks for the introduction. And I'm glad my, my name caught you off there. It's always, it's always fun that way. Look, it, it, as long as it makes you smile, that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. No, thanks for having us. Do you, do you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not even trying to blow smoke up your ass here, but that's the first time I've written one of these introductions and it's le legitimately turned me into a fanboy as I'm writing. Like my own words, I'm like, wow, he's pretty <laughs> impressive actually. He's doing some cool shit. <laughs> We're having fun doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, pleasure so, to be on here. Good. So first up, uh, we've, we've pretty much notched off the first month in 2021. Wasn't as uh, kind of total different as 2020 as everybody was hoping, and there were some bumps in the road already. But how's how's the year gone so far? Uh, it started off on a high, actually. I was quite fortunate. I brought in a newborn end of the last year, so it's been quite uh, an amazing start to the year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, 2020, what a year to be born in, I guess. Um, but it's it's really interesting. You know, I, I keep hearing a lot of this Q5 2020 sort of flying around, <laughs> which means people are just sort of feeling it dragging. And, and it will feel like that because we're back in, you know, we're in lockdown again. And it's, it is a bit of a struggle um, you know, mentally. Um, but yeah, especially when the start of the year, people have a lot of that excitement for, you know, new year, new me, new this. Um, so it's been a slow start, but I, I feel, you know, February is going to be a lot, a lot different as people feel comfortable with what, what next, the rest of the year is going to look like. How, how long did you last into dry January? Yeah, I, I, I be honest with you, I never do dry January. To be honest, I think I, for for me, I, I'm not a I'm not a big drinker anyway, so uh, it's not not too difficult. I don't put that kind of pressure on myself. It's not worth it. Yeah, my my wife and I made it right up until they closed schools again. <laughs> Fair play, good reason to get back on it. So what's so talk me through Upskill Digital. What's what's the main business? What do you do? 
Yeah, so we build learning and social impact programs. Um, what does that mean? Essentially, clients come to us when they're looking to help their um, their employees adopt new technologies or really get uh, more comfortable with the tech that they've they roll out across the organization. So you hear a lot about digital transformation where you want to train your, your teams up on new products, new systems, so on and so forth. We do a lot of that. Um, we also help a lot of businesses with social impact programs. Um, so that's where we are, um, where a, a business or an organization is committed to supporting uh, a particular group, be it a you know marginalized group, be it uh, you know businesses, you know we help them build scalable programs to either provide learning or education or a way to to drive and empower those individuals as well. So we build those programs at scale. Um, we can do it quite quickly, and uh, and yeah, pretty much that's the core of what we do. So upscale upskill is about helping people develop relevant skills for the future workplace. Generally speaking, what are those skills and how do you ensure those skills are kept in line with what the industry needs? So basically, how do you keep ahead of the future needs? Um, well, you know, what, what is interesting is, especially what the, the, the pandemic kind of threw into the mix, is this this need for, for, for reskilling and people to, to really realize that the skills that they think they have, they've gotten to where they are now, might need to change to adapt to, to, to what's changing out in the marketplace right now. So how we define what's needed typically it's our, our clients that are coming up with new roles that need new skills or roles that they have people in that they need to be upskilled on because they've got new technologies or new tools or you know ways to ensure they can continue growth um so what, what we do is we typically work with clients to find out what it is that they need. And then we have a, a, a team of learning designers that build content that is easy to digest and easy to, to kind of get on board with. And we also have a network of, of digital experts, right? So they keep their finger on the pulse to work out what is new in the market. And they help us build those programs that essentially we we, we put out there. Um, and the pandemic kind of really shifted, you know, people's views around what skills that they need. So, you know, you, you know, everybody, everything went remote, right? So you had salespeople that were on the ground, you know, going out there doing great approaches to their selling, and now they all had to sell remotely. So good example of that would be, you know, how do you CRMs more effectively? How do you sell through virtual environments? Um, you know, you've got pub owners who, for example, now need to pivot through new, um, uh, new services. So, you know, we do a lot of training to businesses about how they can pivot, how they can innovate, you know, how they can leverage platforms and e-commerce, for example. So it really does range. You know, there's no one skill, one skill fits all. Um, but there's definitely that 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 need to, you know, identify where your market is shifting and what you might need to to, to keep yourself, you know, at the forefront of it. I don't I don't think anybody can argue with the like the value in that and the like the the need for it. And because I think I can't even count the amount of times I've read about pivots and uh, people changing direction and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff in the last few months. What what got you into it? Like, how did you end up in that space? Uh, it's a bit of an eclectic journey. Um, I mean, I've been, I guess my, my first working uh, experience was in the States, I actually worked for a digital marketing agency there. Um, they're, they're horrible things, those things. Oh, yeah. I know you tell me all about it, mate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I really quite enjoyed the idea of building um campaigns um on, on digital platforms like microsites you know when they were microsites simple you know ways that people can can engage in a particular product launch and i used to spend a lot of time with the developers who were building these and i love the way they were building websites and, and and just playing around with the tools and there's so many things that you could play around with so i actually taught myself a lot around how to build websites how to market campaigns a bit about social media the early early days 
And when I moved back to the UK, um, did a stint working with a digital agency, started to do a little bit of work with Google for a little while. That's when I got into training. Um, and back, we're talking about 2015 now, there was some interesting stats where I think it was only 30, 30% of UK businesses actually had a website. And so few people felt the need to be online. Um, we're only going back sort of five, maybe six, six years or so. And that's where I felt it was a real opportunity there to support people's um, understanding of the power of digital, um, you know, power of, of harnessing those tools to help you either drive growth for yourself, create new opportunities, become an entrepreneur, um, and just sort of be at the forefront of it. So, so yeah, I thought, you know, why don't I just find a bunch of people who loved teaching, uh, passionate about, you know, getting their message across and, you know, build a, a little network that, that I had and then grew it into upskill. You know, it was just, you know, a team that can go out there and basically train, uh, you know. I found people who, who trusted me or mad enough to trust me on this mission. And yeah, so far we're, we're still going, which is good. So other than being the, the glamorous figurehead at the top of the company, what does your day-to-day -day do? Like, how are you personally driving growth? Um, exploring international opportunities. I do a lot of that, you know, working with people abroad and, and trying to work out what their, where their needs are and where the market is, is shifting to see where we can, we can support that. You know, we have a network of about 300 odd coaches globally. Um, so I work with the teams to try and grow that and, 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 and find the right expertise um, that we need to be able to support particular markets. We do a lot of work in the inclusion space. Um, that obviously is, it's been a personal passion uh, of mine uh, for obvious reasons, especially as a, as an entrepreneur, um, even what as a black belt. So, what so does that kind of work look like? So we build programs that, that help businesses build more inclusive environments. So that either is educating managers on, you know, how they can manage more diverse teams, um, you know, how they can um, look at the way they approach performance reviews and make sure that they're being more inclusive in the way they, they approach that. I mean, I've just got a lot of friends who, um, you know, have done very well in business, but end up hitting that glass ceiling. You know, these are friends that are from sort of minority ethnic backgrounds and feel like they end up bouncing around businesses. So, there's a huge opportunity to support people's education in that 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 space and and we're actually building a number of programs to help businesses with that you know many businesses feel like they're a very early stage of you know building more inclusive environments so that is again as as an individual that's been you know working in some large businesses but at the same time as being a black founder growing a business and seeing some barriers that i face it's like how do we help others really you know Take take the uh, the the tools and the skills and the and the, the the advice that they could use to really you know break through any glass ceilings. Nice. So learning, training, diversity, inclusion. So to me, they would all be things that kind of signify growth in some way. So like personal growth, business growth. So where's where's that obsession? And I'm going to call I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth and call it an obsession. Where's that obsession with growth come from? Um, I don't know. I think there's um. There's a bit of a, a calling. I have a sort of personal calling to, you know, to, to, to make change and essentially just drive towards a better society. You know, I think when I'm looking at growth and apologies for the background noise, this is this is the world we live in right now. Um, I, I just have this feeling that that we, you know, that there is um, there's often that kind of kind of hold back um, the mentality people have, which is that I'm very comfortable where I am. I can, you know, I can, I can deal with what I have. I'm very comfortable with the expertise that I have rather than thinking actually the world is changing around us. And, you know, how do we input into that? What is our approach to ensuring that we can be um, much more in control of our own journey? Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially when looking at careers, many people feel they don't, um, 
they want somebody else to lead their career a certain way. My manager will help promote me. Or, you know, I, I feel like me getting this 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 funding opportunity is what's going to make the difference, as opposed to like actually the personal growth and the taking the ownership that you need. And I don't know, I just I just feel maybe obsessed is a good way to, to think about it, right? I think the world is a it's becoming a much smaller place, you know, based on globalization. I think there's so much more opportunity out there. So whatever you think is a good idea, let's find a way to help it scale, right? There's so many people you can touch with that. So when you when you and I were kind of talking about doing this and um like I I was digging into like your uh, um, your background, like your LinkedIn mm -hmm. profile and all that kind of stuff and finding out as much as I could about you. Like it, the word mission kind of pops up quite a lot. It, like you you have this mission, you are trying to do this thing. How did you, and this, I'm asking you this for a personal reason for, sure. for me. So one of the things I often grapple with is what is my why? Like, what is what is my mission? Now I know that like I, I do the stuff at Six and Flow and like it's, and it's not based on, like financial gain it's not my, i'm not driven by money that's not my driver at all i'm driven by a a desire to win a desire to achieve and to grow is effectively what makes it up but i always struggle to articulate that back into a why particularly a why that the team around me can understand as, and get behind as well because having having a, a a why of rich wants to win isn't a team motivator at all so how did you how do you how did you articulate your why? And I know I wasn't the questions were totally off piste. How did yeah. you articulate your why? It's a big question for a Friday afternoon, so I appreciate that. <laughs> no, but it's a good question to ask. Look, I feel for me, it's often I often see problems, right? And you know, those problems aren't just don't often have simple solutions, They're often quite complex. You know, I look at systems. Let's take the, the the barriers for career progression for black individuals in business as an example, right? I look at broken systems, you know, I feel there are there are issues with the way some corporates, for example, are set up that people often can't move through. And I feel, what do I have within my power to be able to support and hopefully solve that problem? Right. And I, I can look into myself. And when I bring other people on the journey, I just try to explain the problem better. But I say, if I can explain to you where the challenge lies, then you can help me devise a really awesome solution or at least a part of the solution, because we know it's complex. So we do a lot of work around social impact programs because there are a lot of challenges in the, you know, in, in the world, you know, social injustices, um, you know, digital divides, there, there are a load of challenges. And obviously you pick your battles, right? You pick the ones that you feel that you have the expertise um, and the resources to be able to, uh, uh, you know, to solve. And I guess with UpSchool, what I've tried to do is build a team of people that are really keen to solve some problems, right? And I think that's why personally I get excited by. Yeah. How do you get the mission across? I know I never do it right, but I do it in a way that I, that people can understand the problem better. And if they understand the problem better, that gives them a little bit of excitement as to how we can grow. The whole idea of scale, that's also just a personal obsession, which is that if you build something, build it right, it really can scale. Understand the levers that help it scale, and then you can you can help it reach there. But that's not the, the mission isn't always about the scale, it's about solving that particular problem. So there are, I think the BBC was saying, BBC was saying um, last year that over 200 million jobs worldwide are going to be lost because of COVID, which means a lot of people sitting around thinking what to do next and have never taken any almost formal edu education outside of just the schooling system, even if they, they went through that in the first place. So, and I think, how do they get access to, you know, good learning to help them really take opportunities 
um, or create opportunities for themselves. And it's like, that's a problem that you have there. What can you build to help and get access to that? So those that's kind of way that I reiterate with my mission. And fortunately, there are some larger organizations who believe in the same way. They like the same value. So they, they think, well, let's invest in that and let's see how we can grow it. So uh, there's actually a, a comment on here that says we need more people like Gory in our lives. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a that's a tick of a, a seal of approval. Um, and like I, so I think where I've got to with mine is very much like it. It started out like I wanted to win. I wanted to compete. Like I am competitive through and through. But it over time it became I wanted to build the best team, and I have built the best team. And like I, I'm excited about what they're building as in we have that shared goal and plan now and i think mm. I, I i can feel my why i just can't articulate it yet but i'll let you know when i get there yeah do do i don't think anybody gets it that easily it's not supposed yeah. to be easy right and also knowing that it changes over time right what's your why now might change over time and i i yeah i you have to be open to that you have to be open to that change because if you get too glued to it you might find yeah you get too lost in uh in, in disappointment sometimes if you're not getting there quick enough so yeah, it's a balance. You know, that's how I deal with it. So what, what excites you most about growth at the moment? Um, if I look at it at the moment and what the pandemic has done, it's really interesting. It's kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a reset button for many businesses, right? Many businesses that never really thought about either pivoting or thinking twice because they got comfortable, right? Um, so what excites me is, is the opportunities that present themselves. To, to, to lots of businesses, even 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 to ours, you know, I can't imagine that 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 we're in a in a perfect trajectory right now. You know, we're going to have our ups and downs, and last year it definitely was a, ro a bit of a rocky roller coaster. But I'm excited because there are lots of new products that are coming out in the market to help people grow. Right? It's really, really, it's a really interesting period. You know, the same thing that happened after the um uh, the, the sort of financial crisis, 2008, 2009. You know, we saw some really interesting um, startups come out of that. I mean, all the big social networks that are, you know, started to kind of expand came out of that. And I think now is a really interesting period to see new products, new platforms that are coming out that we can leverage to help ourselves reach more people, engage, grow ourselves, uh, and also learn more that we can teach other people as well. So that's that's kind of it. This is why I think so. This this period is really. Yeah, it's you know everyone should be paying very close attention to you know to how we can leverage what's out there to help ourselves grow. So I actually had um, so I I don't know if you know Nathan Anubaba. Um, so he runs. We had him on a couple of weeks back, and he runs a, a podcast. And I spoke to him at the beginning of like the first lockdown, and it was uh, we were we were talking about kind of it was already at that point shaping up to be a, a, a wild year, and like there were agencies all over the place closing down, and that's the space that he works in. So he he could see his his customer base disappearing as well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I said to him, I was like, it is it is going to be a rough period for at least six months. And like little did I know it was going to be probably triple that. But like it, when we get to the other end of that, there will be an element of like we will be stronger and fitter at the other end because all of those businesses that were probably like growing in a like a fat sense, there was too much fat on the bone were able mm -hmm. to lean down. They had to focus on their processes. They had to do some of the big changes within their businesses just to survive. When we get out of the other end of it, we'll be fitter and stronger. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of kind of, it's, it's horrible that there's a lot of businesses and people who are seriously struggling. The ones who survive have been in a good position. And the ones that don't, it means that they'll be able to feel, and like 
like exactly with the kind of work that you're doing is helping them reskill. And it's it's been amazing the amount of businesses that I've seen, kind of like bedroom businesses that have popped up who are mm. offering services that you were like shit why weren't we doing that before so my my daughter now does like a weekly i think it's called rainbows class which they do it's like brownies where but they've taken all that online and like seeing all these different businesses pop out that's the thing that that's the positive i've taken out of the wild 12 months that we've gone through is that Mm -hmm. it forced a bit of creativity it forced us all to strengthen and kind of consolidate where we needed to so that we could grow out of that so it's it don't get me wrong, it's been a shit year, but also there are positives starting to come through with it. And that's the exciting bit for me. Yeah, and I, and I think what's interesting, what, what's interesting and a huge shame as well is there are a lot of businesses that really struggled to pivot or struggled to take those hard decisions because they had a level of intimidation towards tech and digital and platforms. And and, and just even the idea of a pivot was something they never had to do before. Yeah. Um, you know, there are businesses that, you know, could could even as they start to get warmed up with with you know, let me try to 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 do e-commerce, right? Let me try to switch my business on. Retail took a massive hit, yeah. Um, that level of intimidation meant that they felt slow to it. There was a huge amount of imposter syndrome, and you know, inevitably they let a lot of stuff go and have had lost almost all confidence in trying to run a business that would be online because they're so used to what they what they did before. So this is why it is a very harsh reset button uh, for many businesses. And, you know, hopefully they, you know, like businesses like mine and many others out there are trying to provide that support, even if it's just more of a confidence boost, right? It's that you can do something differently. The world needs something different for all of us to be able to connect, for us to be able to get access to your services. Um, And don't worry if there's someone that was already doing it and doing it amazingly, you can still jump into the space, right? And I think that is so crucial for us right now. It's that mentality that we have, which is that we're going through another roller coaster with, you know, having to homeschool and look after all the other, and I've still got now got to make hard decisions about the business. But you're right. You know, there will be some really amazing, again, bedroom businesses that pop up out of this, you know, that will, that will shape the future of how we engage and how we connect in the future. So it is an exciting time. But, but the funny thing is as well, so we're using the term loosely bedroom businesses. We are all like, I'm, I'm not making any judgments around kind of what's in your, I'm assuming you are in a bedroom and you are running a, or, or a, a living room, but we are effectively running bedroom businesses because the tech that we've adopted allow us to have that global presence now. What I think it's done for like our business personally is A, we are now happily employing pretty much anywhere within a five hour um, uh, time zone difference mm-hmm. because we know and like, as long as we can speak the same language, there's no language barrier and the time is close enough that we can make that work then we'll hire anywhere. But the other thing that it's done is it has made us more global in the way that we approach doing business as well. So we've always done video calling and kind of sending out video outreach and using LinkedIn and stuff like that. So that's fine. But actually now there's people don't think twice about it anymore. It's opened up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunity, but I am still effectively running a bedroom business. There's just nearly 30 of us running that bedroom business. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, look, last year I was due to do, I think I had like two or three launches all outside of the UK. I had two launches happening across Africa, uh, one in Ethiopia and one in Nigeria. Another one I was due to fly to Singapore. All these events and and uh, and campaigns all ran virtually, right? And it's it's amazing what you can be. Obviously you're like, oh, I don't get to travel, but that's tiny. That's not the most important. The important thing is what could you achieve not having left your bedroom or wherever it is? Um, 
it, it takes me back to that that kind of whole idea of you see when you had these um over the last few years or so like artists musical artists that have been able to launch amazing careers online build amazing songs and whatnot just from the bedroom you talk about bedroom businesses i mean it is just empowering people without having to invest a lot you know into their setup their approach their tech just to be able to launch and be more opportunistic right based on kind of what you now have access to so um yeah it's uh Outside of the emotional roller coaster we all go through, you know, it's taking advantage of what you have. You know, as human beings, we say we've only got what's in front of us right now. Let's just make the most of that. And it's really great to see kind of what's going to come out of that. That actually segues beautifully into one of the questions in the comments. So, pandemic aside, what's your highlight of 2020? And conversely, what's the low light? Um, if I called 2020 or January. Q5 2020, the highlight will be the US elections. I feel like I want to squeeze that in there. Because <laughs> you told me we weren't allowed to talk politics. Oh, we weren't, but I'm, 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 I'm again breaking all the rules, mate. I, I feel like it's just, you know, that that for me was a big highlight because there was just a lot of disruption that happened throughout last year. Um, you know, one of the, you know, the lowlights for me, obviously the, 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 you know, tragedies with George Floyd and the rest of it last year were, were very, very low point. Um, it did bring about uh, an extra level of um, visibility of the challenges that that people face, uh, you know, not just in everyday society, but in in organizations, in their careers, in their growth, right? Whether they're, you know, black individuals that just, you know, might get overlooked for certain positions, certain promotions. It could be uh, black founders that don't get access to certain funding. Um, as much of that was a low light because it really thrust into the limelight where people, just didn't realize the challenges people go through. And I actually, I lived in the States for about three years. I've got a lot of friends there, speak to them week on, week out. And they, you know, it, it, that for me was one of the lowest things to, to go through. But, you know, a lot of a lot of positive has come, you know, since then. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that it did for kind of for me and uh, like some of the, the people I was speaking to at the time as well. So, and um, Joe, who I do the podcast with, one of the, we were talking about it and kind of, how do we react to it? And what it did is it, it thrust a lot of the things into consciousness for me that I was, I didn't realize was as an issue as it was stupidly and kind of ignorantly. So one of the things it did for me was put that in consciousness, but it like, I, I, it was definitely a low light of the year to just see how it like it amplified the division across all these different lines. So like race, politics, everything that was going on in this, this, country that I used to hold up as the, the pillar of everything that I aspired to and just kind of becoming aware that everything wasn't as rosy as I kind of thought it was. And it wasn't just a big joke about Trump being the leader of that country anymore. So anyway, we're, this is the rabbit hole. We said we weren't going to go. Yeah, it's true. We said we wouldn't, but you know, I always say, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I mean, we do have our issues in the UK. Very oh, much. Yeah, 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 of course. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the media is, um, yeah, we we there is a lot of sens sensationalism that that that's out there, but it's just it just again shines a light that people need to have to be able to 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 get almost a, a visual of the challenges that that they face, um, and and hopefully they can be educated in how they make that feel tangible to them, and that's what you know, we're trying to do out there. So another question from the uh, the comments: Where do you go for guidance and learning on tackling those tough transitions and considerations? Any podcasts, readings, thought leaders? basically people wanting recommendations for who they should look at. Yeah, so um, it, it's interesting. I have a couple of mentors in my life, right? And these are individuals that I always turn to. And I always say, if you can, 
you know, find people that um, you 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 really admire what they do or how they approach certain problems, certain situations, and and feel free to reach out to them. Funnily enough, you know, mentors that I have are, are, are some people that are almost peers with regards to in, in the kind of entrepreneurship game. They're just individuals that have not raise any money, but they're doing great stuff and love to solve problems. Um, I, I actually don't listen. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Maybe once a month I listen to, you know. I know a great one called Humans Come First. I'll send it your way. Please. Yeah, please, please. I, I do need to kind of, and anyone has any other recommendations, to, please do let me know. Um, uh, but, you know, other than that, I, I, I yeah, I, I pretty much work on the mentors that are within my circle. Um, you know, I often do, you know, I post some stuff on LinkedIn about, you know, interesting things that I'm reading. So, yeah, please do, if you do connect with me on LinkedIn, you might see some stuff pop up. How out. did you, so those, those, those mentors, so I have, I have two mentors as well, and I have mm. um, a couple of people that I, mentor as well um and i actually find that i learn probably almost as lot as much from mentoring as i do as being mentored because it it helps me articulate those thoughts and kind of discuss those things as well and that's that's great but so how did you those two mentors that i have are both in slightly different aspects of businesses but they are almost i would say aspirational positions in their businesses like they i want to grow my business in a similar way that they have or to where they have or kind of in the places that they have ambitions to grow. So that's how I've ended up with that mental mix. How did you come, uh, how did you start using your mentors, find your mentors even? Yeah, so one of the, so I actually attended a few events last last year, I think it was, um, uh, as part of programs that, that I, I was on. That's how I got one of my mentors who basically was on a program that, Put us together in a mental mixer. So, funnily enough, I was quite lucky because that kind of put us together. And, and weirdly enough, she was in a um, almost almost a bit like a competitor in a similar industry, but was very aspirational and knew there's a bigger picture around how we can drive programs. So, bouncing ideas off of, of her has been fantastic. Um, you know, other mentors. One of my other mentors has been one of my old. Um, Actually, I think it was almost my first boss that I had when I was in New York. Um, just just in, an inspirational figure that. Um, was incredibly articulate in how they approached any problem um, that they were trying to solve. And, you know, sometimes you can talk to somebody about the problem you're solving and realize as you're saying it, you're either confusing yourself because you think it's a problem and it's not quite a problem, or you can't articulate it because you're making probably more of it than, than it is, if that makes sense. So both of the mentors approach, uh, you know, approach, um, my challenges in different ways, which helps me give, helps me balance, you know, the, the kind of response that I get yeah. off it. And I'm completely like you. I, I also mentor a couple of people, quite a few actually. And that is really good for me because again, it keeps pushing myself to solve problems that I typically wouldn't be facing on a daily basis or help them solve problems that that, that I wouldn't be facing on a daily basis. So um, I, I do often actually, you know, put out there that, that I'm open to mentoring. I did a lot when the pandemic hit last year and I said, you know, anybody want advice on anything? If I can help, I will. Naturally, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm a, I'm a trainer at heart. So, I, you know, I love being able to bring people along on the journey. Sometimes it means painting a more relatable picture for them as to what their problem will be and sort of pulling it apart for them in a visual way that they can see it and then help them get into solutions. So, um, so yeah, I, I probably get, I probably get more out of mentoring than I do out of men being a mentee, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it, it's also interesting how most people 
don't consider people within their close network as mentors or couldn't imagine them to be their network uh, in, uh, mentors. But I actually have close friends that I call up and say, just need a call. I've got a friend who um, <laughs> we, we have very long conversation, but sometimes he'll 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 quote um, a very sort of famous stoic or quotes from stoicism. And it just drops into our conversation. We're like, when we have discussions as friends and friendship groups, we don't talk like that. When we speak to one another, all of a sudden we're talking in quotes. No idea why, because I wouldn't do normally. But there's something about looking at your close friends and actually just saying, hey, I want to bounce a couple of ideas off you. Next thing you know, they could be guiding you more than you realize they could. So um, one of the one of the things that um, uh, one of my mentors got me to start doing, and I, I always feel stupid when I actually tell people what I'm now doing, is um, is journaling. So now every night I'm spending 15 minutes just talking about and basically like free writing, like thought, uh, like just dropping thoughts and then also writing down like what's the one thing that I'm going to achieve tomorrow. And then like forgetting everything else. If I do that one thing, I'll, I'll get that tomorrow. And that that's great. Like I, that's fine. But actually going through the process of writing down thoughts from the day is actually helping me get it out of my head where you can overthink things and start to really kind of like dig too deep into it. And it can drive mm -hmm. me nuts. As soon as I write it down, I'm like, actually, that's not a problem or actually that's easily fixed because you could just do this with it. And I can also come back to the ideas tomorrow. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that being either a mentor or a mentoree can really help you just like those tidbits can help just change course. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I've got a book that I use. Um, and you can buy some of these online. They're like, they, you, you can, you can find these high performance journals, right? And what they do is they, they give you a structure. You can write out your goals for the morning and your thoughts at the end of the day. Yeah. And I do it, I'd say every day, as many days as I can, but just writing it down is such a great exercise to, you know, you verbalize it, say it out loud while you're writing it down and better understand what you've accomplished, better help you reflect on what you've, what you've done, better help you plan for the day moving forward. So I, I use one of those books. It's, it's, it's a big book, but it's definitely worth having. Have it by your side. So another question in the comments, what's your work-life balance uh, like now that you're working from home? Is it easier or more difficult to switch off? I, do you know what? I, I think, I don't know if you if you have this as well, Rich, but as, a, as a, um, a founder of a business, right? I'm not sure I know really what switching off really means. Um, it's, I don't think I look at it as switching on and switching off. I, I have to now because I've got a newborn. So there are times where I'm being told that there's something else I've got to be working on. I say working on, it's the worst way to describe looking after a kid, but that is that is just, just, <laughs> just the way we do it. Um, you know, I think, well enough, working from home, uh, I, I think I find it much easier to find the balance because I have a space that I, that I work in. You know, I'm very fortunate to have a space that I can go to get my head down, get stuff done. I'm not one that that sort of, you know, takes my laptop around the house, you know, plunk it on top of the kitchen table while I'm trying to make dinner and, you know, do this and that. No, I, I like to, to have the balance between the two. Um, so, you know, with everything sort of flying around, with everybody needing to, to rethink their well-being and their balance in life, I actually think it's been easier for me to work out the distinction between the two. But as an entrepreneur, that distinction will have blurred lines and never stop uh, so my my view on it is that so I you like you're a founder it's in your DNA this is this is your baby it's your lifeblood like you are always thinking about an element of it. it and my switch on switch off is basically about doing the drudgery and the shit bits that's the bit I can switch off 
mm-hmm. and do in work hours, but you never actually switch off. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes my kids are kind of like, daddy, put, put your phone down. I'm like, yeah, actually you've called me out there. It's good. Yeah. If that does happen, then you realize it's not, it's t- it sometimes takes somebody else to tell you that you need to kind of look at something else for a while. So, um, so yeah, but if I'm not, you know, if, I, if I'm not working, I'm probably reading a book about work or something else. So it's <laughs> when does it switch off? You know, it's just the way the mind works. You've got to keep yourself engaged. Right. We have definitely gone on uh, like past the, past the time. Um, yeah. But I, I generally feel like I could keep talking to you for hours. Like I said, I'm now officially a fanboy. I'm going to get T-shirts and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> but last question I'm going to leave you with sure. is big and it's top line and it's probably uh, too big for Friday afternoon. But what's next in marketing? Wow, what's next in marketing? Um, okay, there's a couple of things that are exciting me. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of investing in assistants, so voice assistants, the Google mm-hmm. Home, the Alexa, that sort of thing, um, building chatbots. I, I feel there's a big space there to be able to tap into that. Obviously, there's a big privacy discussion about how you can tap into that effectively and make the most yeah. of it. But, you know, I think there's some people doing some interesting things in the space. Uh, um, we are relying on our assistants a lot more so you know voices just growing and especially with the pandemic so i think that's a space that that people need to look quite closely how do you build those chat box whether it's for small businesses large businesses so you know do doing so in a way they can give you suggestions i think there's something in there um you know for me also the e-commerce space is interesting uh you know shoppable content you know how do we do that well one of my first startups or my second startup actually was a was a, a startup called style tag and we were doing um purchasing through visual imagery which was quite fun working with some guys at uh, an imperial on but you know i think there's still something there when we are being bombarded with content and doing it in a way you know all these platforms instagram pinterest all coming up with shoppable you know, approaches. I think there's something there in marketing. How do we drive that um, without making it super annoying? Yeah. Um, have you checked on the on the voice side? Actually, have you checked out VoiceFlow? So it's a visual builder for uh, Alexa, basically. So you can build apps, and it's uh, like a visual builder that you can connect stuff in. Super easy, fun to play with. Um, so, no, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely pick it out. And I think that's really cool. Again, it's it's a big space. We're all relying on them a lot more. Yeah. It makes us feel like we're more we're lazier, but we're not. It's just the fact that they're there. Alex in the comments has actually said, so his his tips for what's next in marketing is partnerships and going to market with alliances, which I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with. We build our businesses on partnerships. Yeah, um, so, Gory, thanks for being up for doing the six sessions for me. I really enjoyed that. Um, if anybody wants to follow up with you, how do you want people to connect with you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, um, so please feel free to reach out. Gory Ahaya, um, you'll find me on there. There's not many of us around there, so that's perfect. Just just reach out. Um, and, you know, otherwise, I'm also on Twitter, Gory Digital, um, or just through the Upscore website. You'll find me somehow. That's typically how it works. But, uh, mate, real, real, you know, pleasure to be on here with you. Uh, you know, it's good to have Friday afternoon chats. <laughs> um, and last but not least, any parting wisdom you want to share, share with the group. Parting wisdom. Um, you make me feel like I want to pick up one of these quotes that I was saying. That was, quotes, I quotes are fine. We've yet to be quoted, so it's good. Uh, uh, I think this is a Marcus Aurelius quote. Um, what is it that he said? Uh, I think it's happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Nice. And the reason I like that particular quote is because we are bombarded with all kinds of thoughts, heavily weighted, some light touch, some very distracting. In this current time of lockdown, it's just typically, it's just you and your thoughts, right? So 
think about the quality of these and how do you ensure that they don't put you down and 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 work out how they really affect you and what can you do with them right so you may be swimming in useless thoughts half the time most of us often are so um you know if you feel there's something that you really want to talk about you know pick up the phone to a friend have a discussion talk them through and try to try to try to focus on the thoughts that are there to solve problems and build solutions that that's that's kind of how i take it so so yeah that's my my parting wisdom i like it it's uh it, it's nice it's good i like it so thanks for joining everybody and next week we have annabel venner joining us so hopefully see you all next week thanks again Gory. Cool. thanks have a good weekend take care